Have you been thinking about starting a podcast but aren't sure where to start? I have to tell you about Anchor. It's a free creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Not only that, but with literally one click, they distribute your podcast to platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more so you can reach more listeners. They make it so easy. It was a no-brainer for us. Try it out. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This is the More Than Work podcast, where we talk all about how to gain more satisfaction in your job. It's possible to enjoy your life and your work because business is personal. Hi, welcome to the More Than Work podcast. A couple of notes before we get started. The next couple of episodes may sound a little different. That's because the majority of our team recorded live from our office in downtown Springfield, Missouri. We socially distanced and did our best to capture everyone's voices, but it does sound different than our usual recordings. Also, just wanted to give you a heads up, we will not be releasing an episode next week as it is Thanksgiving week, but we will be back to regularly scheduled programming the first week of December. All right, enjoy the show. Well, everyone, it is 2020. And if you haven't noticed, there is a pandemic going on. This pandemic has impacted the world in lots of terrible ways, impacted the business world in lots of terrible ways. But we recently came across an interesting article, and we wanted to talk a little bit about it. And it's this idea that right after COVID really hit the United States back in March of 2020, when it really started to hit and the place started to shut down, there was a spike in engagement. Now, Gallup measures the engagement level inside uh, different companies, and they measure it, and it's usually around 32-33% engagement. And they measured over a long period of time, and it typically does not change. That's the average engagement level in the United States. So, so it's about one-third of all employees are engaged at work. Now, you wonder what the other two-thirds are. They're disengaged or they're toxic. Uh, it's about 50% are typically disengaged and then the rest are toxic employees. Uh, but what happened was Gallup saw an unprecedented spike in engagement starting in April, May, that time frame after COVID hit. And then starting in June and July, they saw an unprecedented dip. And that dip went down below normal levels of engagement, down to 31%. So Gallup is looking at this going, well, we've never seen the numbers move this significantly. We thought it would be a good podcast episode for us to talk about why did the engagement levels spike right after COVID hit? And then why did the engagement levels drop after that? Uh, So what's happened? And then we also wanted to share a little bit about what we're seeing with specific companies, because I think it's important for you to remember that your company, we're talking about national trends, but your company can buck those trends. Some companies are actually finding ways to leverage the the crisis. Not that anybody would choose the crisis, but some companies are finding ways to leverage it and actually bring their teams closer together. So let's talk a little bit about why engagement increased after the COVID crisis hit and then why since then it's tanked. This is an interesting topic because this is going to be about a 20 year, 30 minute long conversation, right? But there are many, many different facets to this conversation also. So a couple of things, you know, just in the organization, maybe that, that we've uh, experienced too. I mean, some some are working totally, re- totally remotely. Some of them, you know, it didn't really change. Like they're going to work every day. They're, go- they're going to the office every day. They're, they're still showing up and, and doing that every day. Some of the meetings are still happening that were happening. Some of them, they stopped having meetings or stopped communicating because they didn't know what else to communicate. 
I guess, you know, we were talking about this earlier and Diana actually, I think had a great point where, you know, we, we work with leaders a lot who, who maybe I didn't tell them anything. How come you didn't tell them anything? Cause I don't know the answer. And, and maybe we've experienced more of that humility and leadership at during whenever the pandemic really started from leaders going, okay, so listen, not only do I not know the answer, nobody really does. So, you know, we, we continue to use the word scrappy quite a bit at the beginning of this, but I want to, I want to kind of split a hair before we get started. So one of the questions we're going to talk about is what is engagement really measuring? But then I also want to talk about maybe this difference between the ideas of productivity and engagement. Don, you talked about, you know, the initially the, the engagement spiked really high and, and then since then it's come down. And I wonder if there's a direct correlation to that with productivity, because we've heard both sides of that too. So let's, let's really talk about what it is that we're talking about when we say engagement. Because uh, I think we get caught up on disengaged people don't do work. That's not true. They're still doing work. Uh, what is engagement really measuring? What are we talking about? That's a great point. So, I mean, engagement is really about how you feel about your job. Uh, another way, it's, it's, it's got to do a little bit with the alignment between what you want and your organization. Well, an engaged employee feels all in. Like, I really love what the organization's doing. I'm all in. I'm really going to give whatever I have to the organization. A disengaged employee is the employee who goes to work and goes home at the end of the day, and they don't really give you everything they have. It doesn't mean that they don't work hard. They, they might work hard. What it does mean is that you don't get everything that they have. That person tends to say, well, it's just a job. You know, how's your job? It's okay. It's fine. It's not terrible. Or I could get a better job maybe, but I don't hate it. I don't love it. They're just kind of there. That's where most people are. And then we we call what, what Gallup calls actively disengaged, or we like to call toxic, is the idea of people that then hate their job. They, they hate the, the organization they work for. They may even like the thing that they do, but they hate the organization they do it for or the, the team they do it with. Uh, and there's, there's natural consequences with how you feel about your job and how productive you are. So Matt, you said a great thing. I think disengaged employees can be productive, uh, but engaged employees are typically more productive and they're typically 30 to 40% more productive than a disengaged employee is. And then a toxic employee, when a toxic employee drops on your team, it makes a big impact on productivity. They can take the productivity of the entire team that they're working on down by 20 to 30% of not just their area, but the whole area of the whole team. So what, what we found is that engagement has a big impact on productivity, but they are two different metrics out there. So yeah, and I wanted to couch that just a little bit too, because we do work with a lot of leaders that are like, why do I need to engage them, like do their job, right? They're still doing work. They're still meeting their goals. They're still meeting their deadlines. What's the big deal with engagement? And so I think the statistic maybe you said there is probably impactful for some people that are listening going, why do I have to have the feel good stuff also with the productivity? Isn't it enough that I pay these people? I don't know where I've heard that. In a lot of ways, that was the management, that was the prevailing management theory in the 1930s. You have a job and I pay you and you do the job. Yeah. And there's something kind of nice about that. And the strategy of management strategy was to get disengaged employees. You don't hate it. You don't love it. You show up, you do the work. The nice thing about disengaged employees is they're very predictable. What we've discovered in work is that there's a whole other gear that employees could have. And if people are engaged in their work, they do it better and they love it more. So there's a quality of life and quality of work opportunity to go up with that. Now, we often talk about, this could be a whole other podcast, when we when we invented the ship, we invented the shipwreck too, because yeah. uh, engage the process of engaging employees can sometimes get people upset with you, and then you care about your job, but you care about it in a negative way, and that's the toxic side of it. Yeah. Uh, so we, we've shifted strategies a little bit over the last you know 90 years or 80 years or so. I was going to add, I think you can be engaged, but have, but your energy level can flow in and out, and I think we've seen that a lot this year with COVID and all that happened in 2020, and so I I would, you know, I would say that for the people centric team, we are all very engaged. 
But I think our energy level fluctuates depending on what's going on in the world and in our personal life too. So I might have really low energy next week because there's a lot going on in my life and in the world. And, you know, Diana's energy level may be super high. And that doesn't mean that I'm not engaged as an employee. It just means that those are two different things in my opinion. I think that's really important to recognize in this discussion because it's easy to describe those numbers and say, well, we're seeing decreased engagement because people are getting tired. Uh, Everybody's getting tired. Like I get it. This is, this is wearing on everyone. It's exhausting, but engagement doesn't really look at that. Engagement really is about how you feel about your employer. It's not just, you can have, you can be low energy, high engaged. Uh, Absolutely. So there's other things going on here that I think are really interesting. So let, let's kind of rewind this back to March, right? The March, April. And we we remember the feeling probably inside of PeopleCentric. I mean, we were having probably the same internal phone calls and meetings that a lot of companies were facing across the country. And that initial meeting is like, not sure what's about to happen. Holy smokes, this is crazy. Information was changing on an hourly basis, it seemed like, let alone day to day, you know? And, and so everybody is just trying to do their best. I mentioned the word scrappy earlier, but let's talk specifically. I'm a business leader at that time. What what, what were the impacts maybe that COVID had on initially just communication? What did we see? Well, I mean, we saw a lot of companies who could no longer meet in the office, obviously, who suddenly had to be separated. We suddenly had to figure out how do we communicate via Zoom or Teams or whatever platform that you're using? How do we, the stuff that I used to be able to look over my shoulder and say, you know, hey, Diana, did you get this? You know, that, that we, those types of conversations melted away. So they had to immediately figure out how to do that kind of a thing. How do you intentionally communicate, which we talk a lot about. We are big proponents of intentional communication. And I think when everyone was separated and no longer in the office, it became imperative that people find this intentional checkpoint communication. And I think that really helped communication a lot is when you were like, okay, we have to schedule it or we have to figure out how we're going to do it and when and where. Yeah. And it was that balance of should we, how much should we communicate? Are we communicating too much or too little and trying to find that balance of, I don't want to take over everybody's whole day so they're on a zoom call every day because i think a lot of us experience that and then we were fatigued by the amount of zoom calls we were on all day long to then balancing it of are we communicating enough we have to talk sometime but i don't want to you know take people's time all day long on video conference. I saw a lot of companies that did not have good communication cases put one in. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's meet on Friday and let's go over these things. Let's meet on Monday and let's go over these. And then the the knowing that we were going to be doing these online, I know they were very cognitive of like, what are the meetings for? Yeah. Which is another piece. They weren't meeting just to meet. It wasn't just yeah. hang out in the conference room and just chat. It was, you're being very deliberate about it. Also saw it on an individual level. Uh, I know a lot of the managers and supervisors that we talked to said, like, I'm just, I'm, I'm worried about everybody. Yeah. So I'm, I'm calling people on a regular basis and just checking in with them and saying, like, how are things going? Kind of the equivalent of like walking the floor, walking yeah. around and saying, like, hey, how are things? Are you okay? Let's, let's find out personally. And I think people did that very deliberately. You know, March, April, I think that that kicked in. Yeah. You said it wasn't just kind of a hangout casual meeting. And that's that's not entirely true. I mean, those are the first times that we actually saw those virtual happy hours. Like people were trying to think, okay, I need to have those meetings, you know, those intentional meetings with specific bullet points. But we also saw this this new idea of a virtual happy hour where people would just kind of log in and decompress at the end of the Friday. That wasn't necessarily a thing before either. They were having to try to figure out what that proper cadence of communication was. Uh, You know, we were talking about, you had had mentioned, okay, what are we going to do? Slack, are we going to 
teams, what are we going to do? And there was a lot of companies that didn't have that technology anyway. So you said they communication uh, or meeting cadences that weren't there that, that were developed. Uh, you know, you could even take that a step further. A lot of people didn't have that technology where they were prepared to communicate remotely. And so then they had to scramble, well, what should we do? Should we do a Slack or should we do a Skype or should we do a Zoom or should we do a Teams? Or, you know, may, maybe it goes back to the whole idea of being scrappy, but what what role do you think technology played in having an engaged employee or, or not? And is that the end all be all? I'll say that too. That's a loaded question. You hit the nail on the head. It's a loaded question, right? I think at first technology yeah, was right. great because we were able to communicate and I could see each other's faces and all of, all, you know, it was kind of great. And then it becomes exhausting and it's like, okay, well, now I got to clean up the background behind me. I let it flip for a week. I'm still in my house. I'm now wearing my pajamas. I've no longer <laughs> cared about getting ready for work. Uh, the kids are running around, the dog's crazy, you know? And so then I think that first week we all tried really hard to like keep it all professional and, and similar to our workspaces. And then as time went on, it was like, okay, well, work and life were integrated now. So this is what it is. I remember one of our early Zoom calls or Teams calls, I guess we, we started using Teams. Yeah. Uh, and some of our kids, I think your kids jumped on yeah. and then yeah. Matt's kids jumped on. And I went and just grabbed my kids and said, hey, you have a Zoom call <laughs> and now. And we're having a Zoom meeting. And, <laughs> and, the, and all the kids had a Zoom meeting together, just making faces at each other and stuff during that meeting. Th those were kind of like, I, th that was a good memory for it. me. Like yeah. that was fun to watch that and stuff and kind of get informal with people. So I think there was a little bit of like the, the, the life and work minds merging together, which we've talked about before. Yeah. 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 We missed that social aspect. We missed that being in the office and seeing people and just kind of getting, you know, grabbing a cup of coffee there and chatting for a little bit. And at the same time, having the use of technology where, okay, I'm inside of your home now mm -hmm. and I get to really see what your life is like. And our walls are down a little bit and we just get to experience each other as real humans and not just coworkers. And I think that's a benefit to the technology app. Yeah, for sure. Uh, too, I don't know. I mean, though, that was the kind of the norm at the beginning and communication kind of evolved as we've been going through this COVID. We've gotten into maybe some regular patterns. Uh, I work with a client specifically that I can think of. They are all all remote and just so happened that they their their lease was up on the building and they had already signed a new lease. And so they're, they're, they're trying to figure out how to move into the new building, but they can't move into the new building yet because they're remote. And so anyway, a couple of months ago, uh, a few months ago, I get two or three months ago now, I got a call from the owner of the company that said, hey, I'm going to be traveling and I'm kind of worried about the department heads here. I just want to make sure I do a good job managing them while I'm gone. And she said, do you have any good tips on how to manage them when I'm not there? And I don't even know if she understood what she said at that time. But to me, it sounded funny because I said, haven't you been doing that for the last two or three months already? Because we've all been, we've all been remote or not all of us, but a lot of us have been remote and trying to figure out how to manage them. And so whenever they say, well, I just need to make sure that I'm staying in communication with them. I need to know what's going on. You know, and, and I think one of the, one of the things that I said was how about you schedule 30 minutes with each department head once a week, there might not even be much to talk about, but it's there. It's, it's that proactive, intentional communication that Diana was talking about. The communication spot is still there. You just have to make it happen. So you have to be more intentional. You have to be more proactive. There is not, like Bethany said, a cup of coffee. Let me pop my head into your office. Hey, how's it going? You want to have that talk? Sure. I think everybody's still up for it, but you got to schedule it now. You have to have a, have, a, have a time to do that. And whenever I said a 30 minute once a week with the department managers, the response I got was, oh man, that is a, that's a great idea. And I thought, you know, it's funny because we would never really thought of the difference. I just have to proactively, intentionally think to do that. And so if you yeah. are now on the backside of, I say on the backside of this, we've 
been doing this. I don't know where the backside is. I don't know where up or down is, honestly, with this. Like normal now. Where we are now, you know, it maybe you've gotten into kind of a communication cadence. And let's, you know, Don, the first part of this was how it rose, uh, but now it's the engagement number is falling. So what do you think the difference has been over time? Like being scrappy, I'm going to communicate. I'm going to find intentional spots. We're going to get some software, some technology involved. I'm going to make sure that they are aware, at least of the things that I know. And then now you're saying the number is slipping according to Gallup. So what's slipping and why? You know, we've talked about the communication. We've talked about the management. You know, one thing that brought the number up that I think is also bringing it down now to kind of give some insight is the really clear direction. We talk about how strategy is really important. In April, every organization in the world had a very, very, very clear what they needed to do next. Like, like even if it was getting in new information on a day-to-day basis, people felt like, okay, I'm scrambling. I'm looking at new information. I'm trying to figure this out. Everybody's like razor focused on a very common enemy is this disease. And it was something that really brought people together in organizations, which also gives you kind of a natural boost. I think what's happened over time is that, frankly, we've settled into kind of a new routine, but we've done it remotely. And maybe we didn't learn the lessons that we could have learned in April of like the deliberate communication cadence. So people say, well, I'm tired of doing Teams meetings or Zoom meetings. So they stop doing them all together. And that's different. It's one thing to say, well, the technology, I'm tired of using the technology. Like I get it. I had a day a couple of weeks ago where I was in 11 Zoom meetings in one day. Yeah. 11, like Mm -hmm. just from meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting. And so like you're busy all day, but you're sitting in one spot like all day long. Like between meetings, you kind of get up and run around just a little bit and then go back and sit down if you can. But you're just flipping from one call to the next, one call to the next, one call to the next. And I get like, that's exhausting. So then I think a lot of companies are saying, well, then let's not meet. Like, so that they're, they're killing their communication cadence that they had set up. I think the managers have settled back into like, oh, my people do a great job without me. And they stop doing the regular calls with people. I've, I've, I've heard a lot of that kind of stuff with. And then I think also in the strategy side, I think that where we had a really clear, like things are settling into kind of a new normal, but what does that new normal mean? And what are we dri- doing to drive performance? I think some of that clarity has been lost mm-hmm. over time. And then when you couple that on top of the exhaustion, yeah. that just people feel just a general hidden morale of like, I'm tired of this. I'm tired. I'm not going to get to see family this holiday, or we're not going to get to, we can't meet together in person or whatever the, whatever the challenges are. Let's talk about us for just a second and maybe how Here we go. We were about to get <laughs> Let's talk about Ready. our team. And, you know, if we remember like whenever the pandemic, you know, and the working remotely and things like that was really getting going again, we're talking like March, April, things like that. We were having those internal conversations. What were the things that business owners were asking of us? Like, how were we working at that time? I think, yeah. I think this goes right into this conversation too, because they're not using us the same way they were using us in March or April. Yeah. Like they're, the, com- the calls that we were getting, I mean, we put the t- crisis toolkit online. We were doing contingency yeah. plannings. Like we were having a lot of what if conversation. We were making a lot of phone calls to make sure that everybody was good. What do you need? It wasn't, I mean, they weren't calling going, hey, can you do you know some communication styles, leadership development? I think we just need a good solid team builder to be able to get through this. All right. It was, it was contingency planning. It was, it was those types of things. And now we've seen kind of like what you're talking about in the beginning, it was like, we need to communicate. We need to get out in front of this. We need to, and now we've kind of settled back into maybe a more of a regular work. Like we're still travel starting to pick up a little bit. 
you know, Diana and I were in Texas last week with a hospital. You all are going, uh, Bethany and Don, you guys are going to Illinois next week for a hospital, meeting with city administrations and things like that. But people are starting to get into this place where it's like, okay, now I'm maybe we're past the contingency, but now we're just trying to get back into this cadence of work. So I wonder, I wonder how much of that plays into the engagement where it was, we need to rally the rally the troops here, so to speak. And now we're kind of in the lull of, okay, now how do we really work remotely? In March, we did some webinars on like contingency planning or planning for the future, things like that. That. And we were having, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people attending yeah. those like, like crazy. I mean, people are asking for it. We were doing them left and right and everything that we could do, just trying to get information out. Uh, you know, by June, July or so, we would do a webinar on something like that. And you get, you get a lot less people attending. It's like, no, I'm just going back to work. Now. I'm just going to fall yeah. back into the routine that we had before. You know, and routine's not bad, but, you know, I think sometimes it's easy to mix up like meetings, like meetings are good or meetings are bad. If meetings are bad, then we should stop having them. We don't meet. Communication, the answer is more of it, you know, or, you know, if my people are doing what I need them to do, I don't need to, I just hire good people, leave them alone and they do what they right. do. You know, that goes back to that old style of management. Again, I think I hear a lot of companies talking like that. Turns so out me, that I don't, they ask, didn't need me in the first place. Yeah. Let me, let me ask this question then. This is for anybody, but so as COVID has kind of, again, nobody knows where, where we are with it. We all have ideas and speculations, but we've kind of come to terms with it, right? We've kind of come to terms with this idea of, of how we work now. So if engagement is still going down, that number is still going down of engaged employees, is it still a COVID problem or is it a leadership problem? I think there are parts of this pandemic that are never going to go away. I think we've all learned that working remotely is possible. I think we've all learned that sick days need to be sick days. You know, I think there's just certain things that are never going away. And so to me, this is now an organizational leadership problem. Like if it's going to continue, we've got to figure out how to live in this new world. Yeah. I mean, we were even talking a little bit before we came on the air here about how this is not a universal trend. We've seen some teams that have accelerated after the crisis started and then continued to accelerate through deliberate effort, through learning what they learned, you know, in March and April. And hey, my team really came together. What else can I bring to my team? What other challenges can I work on? Uh, let's really think about this in the, in the future. You know, it's it's that that word that's become really popular this year is pivot. Y you can almost go to different people and say the word pivot. And some teams, some people will look at you and just go, oh, God, I'm so sick of that word. And others will look into it going like, darn right. Like our uh, one of our advisors said, you know, don't waste a good crisis. Not saying that it's a good crisis by any such imagination, but we wouldn't have chosen it. But since it hit us, are there opportunities to do better things in the organization? I jump out on a limb here. I feel like for our team, we've kind of accelerated into it this year. I think we did. I think we're more focused than we have been. And I think we're more, we know what we need to do better. And I think we communicate better through this process. Yeah, it definitely has forced change within organizations in areas that they were feeling a little bit scared to jump into, I think. And so now I think, okay, now how do we manage this moving forward? So working remotely, I think there that's already increased a lot in the past few years. There were definitely a lot of organizations that still felt scared about how that could look or what does that mean or how do we make that change? And they were, they were kind of forced into it. And so now it's, okay, that sounds good. Well, I guess we're going to do this now and how do we manage it moving forward and so and I don't think I, at least from my conversations I haven't heard a lot of companies saying well we're just going to go back to it completely the way it was before and everybody's in-house and we're just we're not doing anything virtual or remote anymore pretty much anybody that I've talked to has been a little more fluid with that of saying we're doing more and we're allowing it. so we're just figuring out how we need to manage it yeah we also talked a lot about how the leaders that we've seen, they tended to go in one of two directions. Like we, we, we talked about them kind of picking up and, and Diana coined the phrase, you know, pioneers or settlers. Mm -hmm. 
And the idea of the pioneer is like, I'm going to be fearless and I'm going to go out, I'm going to bring the stuff that I think I need with me, but I'm going to adjust. I'm going to make moves and I'm going to make this an exciting adventure and figure out how to maneuver the team through this. And then there were the people who have more of the settler mindset of saying like, look, we have to count everything that we have, batten the hatches, let's all huddle up, survive, get a, gather around the fire and let's try to get through this winter. And, and you can see that big difference. And I think leaders don't always recognize, we often say you can't not lead. You know, you, leaders don't recognize when they go to work, if they're tired all the time and you're saying I'm exhausted through this and I just want this to end and they're putting this out there, but they're, they're getting their team to follow them into that direction. Where we've seen other leaders who are like, no, 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 let's focus on the future. Let's focus on what we can do. Let's think about this. What are the opportunities that are within this? Leaders can really have a big impact on their team. So I do think it's more of a leadership problem than a COVID problem. But I think COVID's brought us both an opportunity, brought opportunities to the table, which some companies are able to take advantage of and some are not. And I'll bet, I'll bet even if you looked at the individual engagement levels in that report, if you could look at that, I'll bet you've seen the engagement levels on some companies have spiked up and some have tanked. I'll bet there's more of a, of a split, yeah. more of a divide than there was before. Last part that I would add to that too is, Diana, when we were working with that hospital in Texas last week, one of the things that we encouraged them, we were talking about communication and a lot of the employees feel like communication struggles there at where, where, where they work. And it's easy to be able to say, yeah, my leader needs to do better to communicate. But the hard part about that is and the way we started a shift, and I think this is a challenge for everybody, is the employee also has an accountability with communication. Asking a question, whenever the space is created, take the opportunity to give feedback. If the information is there, do your best to try to get to know it or you know whatever that might be. But there's an accountability on both sides, what that communication. So whenever we're saying, is it a COVID problem? Is it a leadership problem? I don't want em- you know, fellow employees to be sitting here across the country as they're listening to this going, yeah, so I just got to hang tight, wait for my leader to really engage me. I think you have an accountability in your own engagement as well. You know, allow yourself to be engaged, proactively allow yourself to be engaged as well. I, I, I think there's accountability for both sides. So good conversation. Let's let's do some tips around the table. So engagement, you know, as it went up, you know, at the beginning stages of COVID to uh, now the decline there, if I am looking at it going, okay, how do I stop the decline for the organization, no matter what role I'm in, what's a quick tip that you can give in order to try to increase that level of engagement? I would say be deliberate about how you communicate, be deliberate about how you manage people, be deliberate about how you set a strategy and direction to forward. I think those are some really good tips. I think sometimes we do that accidentally and then we fall into a routine. And I think that I think the organizations that do that really tend to struggle. You start to slowly lose habits that really can help your organization. So I, I would just say be disciplined and find those systems that really help drive culture that we talk about and make sure those are in place so that you you fight your way through that. Good. My pro tip is have that era of humble leadership and say, I don't know when you don't know and, and be okay with uncertainty, but Love just it. be honest about it and open and transparent when you are uncertain. I would admit it if I didn't know what direction to take us. If that ever occurred, I would admit it. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> it yeah, hasn't occurred yet, but occurred. if I didn't know, I would be the first one to say that because totally. I'm incredibly humble. Yeah. Most humble yeah. leader at home. Yeah. Really. Most humble leader I've ever seen. <laughs> Well, as an employee and going back to energy levels and things like that, you know, from an employee's perspective, just communicate with your leaders too about what you need and when you need, you know, when you need to take a step back and say, I am engaged, but I really need some time to rest and whatever that looks like, whether that means I need to step back from a project if possible, or if, you know, I just, my capacity is really high communicating about that or to just say, hey, can I take a day off because I really need this time to just let my brain rest for a little bit. And I think that's really reasonable for employees. 
be able to do, but sometimes we don't do it. And sometimes we don't feel like we can do that because it's been such a crazy year and everybody's tired. And so we don't want to be the person to say, Hey, I need to, I need some time. I need to rest a little bit. So that would be mine. All right. So my tip, I, I was going to piggyback on the humility one there that Diana said, but use it maybe in just a d- little different way. I think give your employees an opportunity maybe to delegate a different task than what they maybe haven't had the opportunity to do. I mean, COVID's taught us nothing if it's flexible. And I've heard I've heard from organizations more often than not that, you know what, it just taught us we just, you know, how to get stuff done. Like I didn't know what process, there wasn't a process for, we just got stuff done. And from that, I wonder if there's new opportunities to be able to engage your staff further by giving them opportunities to do things that maybe they didn't normally do beforehand. Uh, maybe you have just uncovered a cool new skill set, like a shiny new toy that you can use with one of your employees or staff or something and, and you know, an opportunity to be able to, to be flexible and customized. If you were a leader pre-COVID, you're still a leader. If you were a manager pre-COVID, you're still a manager. If you're an employee pre-COVID, you're still an employee. Like your job didn't stop. Hey everyone, here are the wrap-ups for our conversation today. So this year we've seen people go from really engaged when COVID hit to crashing down to disengaged or toxic. It's also possible that you are engaged, but your energy level fluctuates over time based on what's going on in your life or in the year. Don't mistake exhaustion for disengagement. Energy levels can naturally fluctuate for people, especially in a year like 2020. Engagement is more about how people feel about their employer than about the business. So don't make that mistake versus exhaustion versus what engagement truly is. So some things that we saw when the stay at home order happened, people were forced to figure out and install good meeting cadences if they didn't already have them. And at the same time, we saw people trying to figure out how to simply connect personally and socially with their teams on video calls. At the same time, we've gone through a series of figuring out how many Zoom calls in one day is too many. But as we're doing this, as we're trying to figure out this balance, don't sacrifice communication because everyone is tired. We all are. Ultimately, it isn't just the pandemic that led to disengagement. It's how leaders may have responded to the pandemic and led their teams. Leadership greatly influences engagement. 70% of disengagement is caused by management, according to Gallup. This reflects what we're seeing in terms of disengagement levels as of November 2020. But employees, you have some accountability here too. You're not off the hook. Think about where you can be accountable to your engagement as well. For you leaders, be a humble leader and admit if you don't know what's ahead. That's how we can kind of move forward from here. As employees, if you feel fatigued, talk to your boss and see if there's an opportunity to help you get rejuvenated so that you can be more focused. Maybe that's a day off. Maybe that's looking at your capacity or workload. Whatever it is, see if you can come up with a solution to give you some room to breathe and ultimately be more effective in your role. Leaders, give your staff opportunities outside of what they would normally do. Delegate. This is a good time to develop your employees. Thank you guys for joining us. I hope this was a really helpful conversation, just figuring out what's leading to our disengagement, seeing what's happening with our exhaustion levels and how do we overcome that to make stronger teams and so that we can all get focused after a crazy wild year. If you enjoyed our conversation today, would you share it with a friend? Share us on social media. Don't forget to follow us and like and subscribe to us on whatever listening platform you choose. If you have questions, reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the More Than Work podcast. 
join us next time. And in the meantime, lead well.